222. This is Dr. Walter Aka. Dr. Kyle Dumpert. And Dr. Gary Dennis. Saludos y saludos. <laughs> you see, this is okay. Well, congratulations. It's not bad. Dude. It's pretty good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, we actually have an awesome guest here. We have Adrian Gonzalez. Uh, Mr. Adrian uh, happens to be a patient of mine, uh, and I actually didn't think he would want to deal with me outside the office, but he decided to come on because of the specific knowledge that he has with credit cards. So the the, the way it began was him and I were just hanging out. We were talking, and um, you know, he basically I was telling him like you know how much I hate credit cards and the usage of credit cards because of what I had experienced in the past. And he's like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, you know, and, and the one thing I love about my, my field is, you know, I, I don't pretend to know everything, you know, and so mm-hmm. patients always, they're always putting on, put me on some good game and just educating me as much as possible. And that's exactly what Adrian did. I want to say Adrian in like our 30 minute uh, <laughs> uh, appointment, you might've spent 20 minutes just talking to me about credit cards, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so I wasted his time more than anything else. So I apologize in advance, you know, for that. Uh, but, you know, uh, Adrian, just go ahead and give us a little background about yourself and then we'll just jump right in because the the knowledge you gave me, I had to beg you to come on, come on the podcast because I just felt like everybody needs to hear this because I, I, I can't be the only one who is this naive. So, you know, we'll, we'll talk, but Adrian, please give us a little background about yourself. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, first, first of all, I'm, I'm passionate about kind of this, this topic obviously i've seen the benefits of credit cards i use them quite a bit um so i'm very excited to kind of share my my experience the knowledge about that um in terms of my, my background in terms of uh work i've been banking now for 12 years uh serving as director of consumer loans uh, for a bank here in houston and um i mean start off in retail and now i'm in the commercial banks so i've kind of seen different areas of, of banking across this time so excited to be here yeah, man. No, thank you again, honestly. Uh, so for me, the one thing that kind of started this whole journey for me was kind of how bad I use credit cards, right? I use credit cards as a last mean, like almost, hey, I need money. Let me go ahead and just charge it, right? And this yeah. all started, uh, I want to say, and I'm not sure if you guys have dealt with this, when you were an undergrad, the first thing you saw around like the dorms were all the different uh, banks giving out yep. credit cards to freshmen. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that that's where I started all this, and that's where I got my first credit card. Was at a you know just at a booth, and they were like, "Hey, why don't you go ahead and you know sign up for us?" I said, "Yeah, sure, why not?" Not realizing that you kind of need to be smart with credit card usage, you know. And so right. fast forward years, and I'm not going to say how many years. So fast forward years, uh, I get to a point where like I'm using the credit card and taking the uh, the cash advance in order to pay a credit card off and pay other credit cards mm-hmm. off. Right. Because, yeah. again, I, I used it foolishly. And so Dave Ramsey comes into my life and uh, he basically tells me how evil I am for having credit cards and <laughs> spending credit and so forth. Right. And I'm like, well, he's probably a multi-billionaire. He has to know what he's talking about. Right. Uh, and then, you know, of course, I go, OK, you know what? No more credit cards. If I can't afford it with cash, I'm just not going to pay for it at all. My wife, on the other hand, has been trying for years to tell me, listen, it's not bad. Just pay it off and you get the rewards that come along with it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's stupid. Don't, you know, again, you know, I'm dumb, right? So she's a smarter one in this relationship. So so she's telling me stuff. And then, of course, Adrian doesn't help my case at all by coming in and giving me so much information that I had no choice but to be like, OK, I'm an idiot. You know, so that's where we lie right now. So let's let's just kind of I wanted to bring him on, just ask questions. And, and just kind of see what are some of the misnomers that we know about credit cards that we can kind of answer and clear up. Yeah. So uh, is this conversation more uh, 
for business owners that could, would benefit from this, or is this basic information that all people, whether you're, you know, personal finance, business finance, would would benefit from this? I think this is for everyone, really. I mean, this, yeah, yeah this is everyone. I think, and in, in, in Dr. Rock, we're talking about the business aspect of the thing too. I mean, I think that's where the opportunity really lies because expenses are a lot higher on the on the business end than it is on the personal end, unless you're just kind of going out and spending foolishly. But on the business end, that's a good opportunity there for points, right? For sure. So, so why why would somebody want to use a credit card versus a debit card, or paying cash, or using a check? So, you know, I kind of fall in the same boat as Dr. Octus. You know, if you go back to back when I was 18, I got my first credit card. It was 250 bucks, and for me, it was a big deal. And, you know, growing up, I had the same idea of you use a credit card to, to buy things you really don't have money at the time to pay for. So you pay for it and then you pay it over time and you get you know, improved credit and you pay interest. Like that's just how things work. And so that happened all throughout college. And then at a certain point, I realized, well, you know, I'm using a debit card. And, and back, this is back in 09 around there, debit cards were actually giving rewards back then. Now, Frank Dodak came in, I think a year or so after that, and then that kind of killed that. Um, but credit cards continue to still give rewards. The rewards are considered kind of rebates. So it's a little bit different. And so the way I use credit cards today is if I'm going to purchase something, right? And let's say that, and I always treat it, I treat my, my credit cards as a debit card, essentially. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to use a credit card, say I have a limit of $1,000 and I have $1,000 in my checking account. I now, I now have $2,000 of spending. That's not how it works. Um, if I have 1000 in my checking account, that, that's all I spend and nothing more. And so... Um, everything I purchase, so I use for, you know, for groceries, food, gas, whatever it is, I kind of go that route instead because I, I get a percentage back of every purchase I make versus a debit card. I get nothing for it. I pay cash, I get nothing for it. Right. And additionally, you also have, and this is true of debit cards also, you have protection around certain frauds and activity, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. cash, you don't have to worry about that, but cash, you lose cash. Cash can be lost. Cash can, can, can be, you know, easily, um, misplaced somewhere and now you have that issue and you really can't track cash unless you're tracking it in a log and a spreadsheet somewhere. So right. it's it's nice to have a credit card that maintains all of your records. You get rewards for your purchase that you're going to purchase for anyway, regardless. And uh, and you can use those points for anything practically. Um, so there there's a bunch of different credit cards out there, different uh, rewards that you can get. Some offer a straight you know, 2%, 3%, 5% yeah. cash back. Some offer points. Uh, some offer a combination of the both of both of them. Do you have any recommendations on what people maybe should be seeking out if they're looking to start using credit cards? So I think the first thing that that you have to do is really understand your your spending habits, right? For me, I travel quite a bit. I spend a lot of money on food. Um, I'm mm-hmm. big on restaurants and, and dining out, and so. There's cards that are kind of specific towards those type of purchases. So I have Sapphire, Chase Sapphire Reserve, which is, it's a big travel card. You get uh, points, you get three points per dollar on, on dining and travel, uh, which kind of speaks to where I kind of spend money at. But then in other cases, maybe let's say I spend more money on just paying bills each month and that's, and I don't really go out to eat as much or travel as much. I just mainly bills and whatever it is. Then that I might go with, with another card like the Chase Freedom, uh, card or, or the Chase Freedom Unlimited that has another point structure that's not as high in those categories, but they're free cards. Cause I, I do pay a, for my, I do pay a, an annual fee for my card. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those, those things are geared more towards someone who kind of spends, um, in those different categories and aren't necessarily isolated to one specific type of, of, of purchase, like food or, or travel. 
All right. Um, so as for myself, I haven't used a debit card in probably seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I do uh, tend to do is with my credit cards, I tend to pay them off two to three times a month. Wow. So like, yeah, just a random weekend, I'll go online and I'm like, oh, I'm just pay this off. Okay. Right? Now, my question is, in, in doing that, uh, am I not taking full advantage of something? By paying your credit card off in the same month? Well, there, multiple he, times he, in a, like, Yeah, so I, my, I guess my question for you, Gary, is why, why are you making two or three payments a month versus wait until the end of the month when the statement comes? Um, well, I don't even open my, the, the statements that are mailed to me, I don't even open those. I, I strictly go online and I'm, and I check my bank account every day. I check my bank okay. accounts every day. So that's Sorry. why when the weekend comes, I'm like, oh, this, this is over $500. Let me pay this off. Okay. I, I, so I, I'm not going to let Adrian answer cause I want to say what I do with credit cards. Wait a minute. Hold on. No, all right. That's, 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 that's what I'm wondering. Like, well, like hold on. should I be waiting? Should I be waiting till hold on, hold on. Yeah. The, the next month? Right. Like the, Adrian, the next month to pay it all off? Like, Adrian, can I, you answer that? that yeah. Answer that first question before Kyle takes over the podcast away from you. I've just <laughs> yeah. never heard of that that approach before that kind of blew yeah, my mind very, a little bit. Yeah, very different. I mean, no, it, it doesn't it doesn't really matter, honestly. I mean, in other words, if you pay off your credit card intra-month, it, it's not like you don't get points for that. You get points for purchases. That's, that's, that's kind of how it works. The only times you lose points is if you have a return and it gets credited back to the credit card account. But if you want to make a, a payment every day, you can do that and still get your, your points for that purchase. Just, and, it, and it won't hurt your, your, your credit? Uh, yeah, you're, you're, your credit no, score. See, no, so you know, so I think that's a big misconception, also, right? So first of all, FICO, which is the predominant kind of scoring method, it's Fair Isaac Corporation. It's not necessarily uh, bank run. The banks or creditors will just uh, submit a file for that month. Uh, you know, so so it'll say, okay, your statement balance was five hundred bucks, and all they're looking for is just pure. They, all they do is absorb data and compute. Uh, and, and, and have a score attributed to that, that data. So they're, they're not looking and saying, oh, uh, Gary Dennis is, is making five payments a month. Like that gives you an advantage over someone else that doesn't. So you can do that if you want, and it's not going to affect your score whatsoever. Okay. At the end, all they look at, are you paying on time? And what's your, your balance at the end of the statement period? Oh, okay, method. cool. Gotcha. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that, Gary, because that actually happened to me where um, somebody, you know, I'm, I was looking to buy a home and they were like, oh, you have to use your credit card and don't pay it off until the statement comes. And I was like, but that doesn't make any sense. They're like, no, no, that's how they calculate everything for your credit score. And I was like, I have to wait until the statement comes for me to, you know, pay it off. So I kept looking in the mail for the statement. And I usually comes like a week or two after the the date, you know what I mean? After like it's closed. So, so, I mean, so you're saying to me that that doesn't affect your score if you pay it off way earlier, if you pay it off after the statement, as long as you're not late. Yeah. So to me, I mean, I, I would probably at least generate some sort of balance as opposed to being zero because then it just looks like your account is dormant. Okay. Um, but yeah, but you know, if you want to make a payment daily, you can. It's just, you know, do you want to do that or not? Okay, <laughs> Gary, you have too much time I, on your hands. That's what he's saying. I, <laughs> I'm waiting for Kyle. I, I, he looks so perplexed. No, I, 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 I'm, I'm thinking about what the benefit would be to paying it off, paying a balance multiple times during the, the month, and uh, I assume you're, you're checking 
the transactions that have accrued through oh, that yeah. point. Okay. I, I check I check my bank accounts every day. Yeah, I do too. Okay. I do as well. And yeah. checking your credit card statements or your credit card credit card transactions also. Yes. Okay. All right. So in my head, that that makes sense. If it's a little bit easier chunk or period of time to go back, uh, I'm a little bit more OCD about it. So I wait till the end of the month when the statement comes. I save and I've been saving my receipts ever since I got my credit card when I was 15 years old. I, I've saved every single receipt. At the end of the month, I compare those receipts to my credit card statements, make sure there's no um, transactions that have happened that I didn't approve of. Wait a minute, you so know you... there's these things called computers. Now. Yeah, I was going to say, right, Kyle. <laughs> right. so, so now I have an app on my phone. I scan, I scan a receipt. I upload it to Google Drive. Okay. And every, everything's done online now, but I can go back to you know, 2013 and look at a receipt if I want to, uh, especially, especially now with the business, as a business owner. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with taxes, you're supposed to keep your records for right. seven years or something. Um, so the, the digital platforms and being able to store stuff on Google Drive and any anywhere else definitely makes that easier. I used to have you know shoeboxes of receipts that I would keep for years and years. Uh, I, but, I do the same thing for on, from a business aspect, but for you from personal, I, like the, I mean, you can just look at the statement and be like. Did I buy this? I never made that. I yeah. never bought that. <laughs> like you don't actually have to keep the receipt. Wait, wait, wait. Adrian, what do you what do you think about this? Like I'm so actually in, very in interested case, now. No, it's I mean, like first of all, Kyle, this is great. I mean, that, that's that's fantastic. Um I don't do that on the personal side, but mm-hmm. from the business side, I would definitely do that. I think that's great. Right. I do them on the personal side for warranty uh purposes. If there's a warranty associated with something, then I'll I'll upload that and, and have an uh, image of it. But um in my case, I use alerts. So for every uh-huh. transaction, and usually like let's say it's above like five dollars or or anything that's that's meaningful, um, or if it's a, a purchase that's like online or if it's an international purchase, those alerts come to my phone via text message, and I have records of each purchase. And if something pops up that's not something that I'm aware of, immediately I know, and I can make a call to the uh, the bank. Additionally, sometimes the bank actually does a really good job of identifying these transactions. So I've been out in Florida before. It's, getting gas from you know, the gas station, all of a sudden I get a message uh, from, from Chase Fraud saying, hey, there's a, a, a transaction here that may, that, that may be fraudulent. Do you want to accept or decline it? And I accept and it's good to go. But so I'd say alerts is probably a good way of doing that as well. If you're, um, you know, for the personal piece of it, the business, I think you're, you're good with that. So yeah, it, it amazes me, these credit card companies that I'll make some wild purchases from like different people or different websites that I've never been to. And everything goes smooth. They don't hit the, I, the credit card company, American Express, doesn't get a hold of me for any fraudulent activity because I'm, I'm actually the one making the purchase. But something that seems like it would be uh, a normal purchase for me that I didn't make, uh, this happened a couple of weeks ago. The credit American Express called me up and said, "Did you make this purchase?" I said, "No, I didn't." They shut the card down, sent me a, a new card within a day, but it just amazes me whatever algorithms or computer programs they use, how they track that, that they knew that one purchase out of, you know, the hundreds that I make for, for the business that they knew this wasn't uh, something that I did. And I, I just, I think how we set about protecting yourself against fraud versus a debit card, credit cards are, I, I've never used a, a debit card. So I, I encourage 
Dr. Aka to start using <laughs> yeah, credit cards yeah. more yeah, frequently. Tell you. Well, okay, <laughs> let me ask you that, this. That Go algorithm. Ahead. That algorithm. Yeah. Like, Wells Fargo got mine all messed up. Okay. They used to, they used to, oh man, like, I have to call like every day. I'm like, it's me again. <laughs> not, I'm buying lunch. <laughs> like, you, you went why? to like a vegan, you went to a vegan restaurant. They were like, nope, that's not Gary. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but okay let's talk about that that annual rate the you know the annual yeah. fee that they charge you like let's talk about that um because something like that i'm not sure if i would want that right but mm-hmm. you actually kind of spun it to me and you were like well it's not that bad if you do the calculation for what you're getting in return so can you break that down and, and let our listeners know when an annual rate is actually a good thing versus some other ones that may not be beneficial for them yeah so i mean just to put out there, I mean, credit cards are free, right? There's, there, for the most part, you have these free credit cards and you have these that have a fee that, that kind of more specialized. Obviously, some of the most popular ones are Chase Sapphire Reserve, Chase Sapphire Preferred. There's Amex cards are also uh, annual fees in there on, on some of them. And, and really, I think, you know, for me, I, I pay, it's 550 now. Fortunately, I paid 450 for mine, but um, it's, I get a credit of $300 a, a year for my card reserve. And that can be used for any type of, of uh, travel-related expense. It can be tolls. It could be hotels, air, uh, airplane expenses, whatever it is, it can, it, it'll cover it. So take that out, and now you have your, your balance, right? And so because I spend so much money on, on food, I get the extra, the extra one point o- over a, a car that may, pay, that may pay one point per dollar or maybe one and a half. Um, and then also... With my car specifically, uh, I get 100, 150% of usage. So if the points uh, equal $1,000 worth of value, I get $1,500 worth of value with that card because of that additional uh, modifier that's on that annual fee card versus a non-annual fee card. Additionally, um, I do have multiple credit cards. I have my, my fee-based card. I have a free card as well, my, my Chase Freedom. And I can transfer points from my Chase Freedom to my annual fee card um, and still use that 100, 100% value that I would get if I just would use my, my travel card for every, every single expense. And there's there's combinations of when you want to use your fee-based card for purchases versus your, your free card. So some of them, like I said, different categories have different um, point values and, and yes, I'm the one that makes more sense. But um, generally for my kind of expenses, the way I spend the money, the way I use my points, um, I have the most flexibility with my fee-based card and I tend to um, cover that expense pretty easily within the first six months of the year. You you sound you keep mentioning Chase. Uh, I, <laughs> Sorry. I, 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 no, no, no. I, I'm curious because I have an I have American Express Platinum. Like yeah. I two yeah. of those. I, I have some Delta Delta Platinum cards through American Express. Mm-hmm. So I've always hovered around American Express, even though it's not accepted everywhere. And mm-hmm. I think Chase is basically accepted everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and looking at comparisons to Chase Sapphire compared to an American Express Platinum, they're both heavy travel cards. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess what what's the difference, and why why did you decide to go Chase versus American Express? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when when Chase actually announced because it was four fifty, I think Platinum's always been five fifty for the most part. Yeah. And um, when Chase announced their increase in the fee, I looked heavily at the Platinum card. 
Platinum mm-hmm. Card gets the uh, access to Centurion Lounge, which is which is great. You get yep. um, you get gold status at Marriott, which is also another perk. I traveled mm. quite a bit for work pre-pandemic, and uh, and so those things were that spoke to me. But um, I think for me, the Amex card, since I travel a lot internationally, a lot of places I travel to, mainly in Europe, Amex wasn't accepted there. Not the time you see signs saying you know because because of the there is a there's a processing fee for each credit card, and that fee was higher for Amex than the most. Right. Um, and also, that's I, for I the, think that's for the business owner that's accepting the credit cards. They pay correct. a higher yeah. percentage. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, um, versus the, the reserves a, a Visa card, and Visa generally is accepted in most most places. Sometimes, like I think Italy had like Mastercard was kind of their predominant um, uh, carrier. But um, the other thing was around um, you also do get a credit with Amex Platinum. But the credit was specific towards airline fee um, cost, so cost of baggage, right? So you don't have the flexibility of using it for a hotel, using it for toll roads, or whatever it is. I mean, if you don't travel, you can use toll roads. But um, so I think that for me is what did it is just that flexibility um, that I had with with the Sapphire card, and also now there is the Delta Lounge, um, which was a big perk. But here in Houston, United's kind of the the way to go. So that's mm-hmm. that's like another thing that really kind of steered me away from it. Other than that, though, I think Amex Platinum is a fantastic card. Um, it's something I would probably consider if I lived in a different uh, different state. And that's been my biggest complaint with it is, especially now with the pandemic, since you're not traveling a lot, two hundred dollar airline credit, um, really not using that uh, <laughs> yeah. for baggage fees, and it bumps you up to status with Delta anyway. So you're usually not paying for uh, baggage at that point yeah. um the they give you gold status at hilton so you can get free breakfast everywhere mm-hmm. you go so if you stay at a hilton garden inn or something you can have not just a, a standard breakfast but like uh, actually a pretty good spread so um yeah the the restrictions especially with covid and i think some of the credit cards have refunded or decreased those annual fees to to make up for that or tacked on extra perks um, yeah. to help make that up. Is that right? Yeah. So um, I know with, with my card, I was telling uh, Dr. Aka that was I, uh, so traditionally it's, it's your, your credits have been used for paying for travel and things like that, but now they've opened it up for, for restaurants. So I went out to Perry's Steakhouse, it's a nice steakhouse here in Houston, paid for the points afterwards. Um, additionally, I think they're giving it up to like 3% or 5% up on, on mm. grocery uh, purchases. So, and it's, it's in response to the fact that today people aren't traveling as much as they did last year, right? And so I, so they have adjusted it. And also my, my fee should have been 550. It's still at 450. So next year I'll, I'll pay that increased fee, but they, they have made some changes to their programs. And what about international, uh, travel? Like you, we talked about, um, do you have to pay that additional international fee? I know for debit cards, after you use it, you know, you tell them, Hey, I'm traveling to this country or whatever. When you come back, you'll get hit with, um, international, um, fees. And it's usually a percentage of your total amount that you spent per purchase. Does that make sense? Well, yeah. yeah. An exchange rate. And so, like, well, no, it's not just yeah. an exchange. It's also the the um, percent. So let's just say I spent a hundred dollars, and that card charges me like I don't know two percent uh, for. So it'll, it'll, you'll see like a two dollar charge for using mm-hmm. that card uh, overseas, and it, every every country seems to be very different. So yeah, how does that yeah. work with credit cards, and how 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 is that again a better option than debit cards? So with uh, credit cards, kind of the same thing. I, mean, I think 
your free cards generally don't have um, free international fees. I think there's maybe one or two. I, I think Bank of America may have one or, or Capital One. I forgot the other bank, but they're, they're a free card that has it. But generally, yes, you, you will pay transaction fees for international purchases. Now, on on your your paid cards, like my card and also Amex Platinum, they don't have those those fees don't exist. So each year, I I think I saved like 120 bucks on foreign transaction fees I didn't pay because I used my my uh, my travel card to make them. Um, additionally, what's nice is when I when I go and I make a purchase on my credit card, let's say it's a hundred dollar purchase with the exchange rate is equal to one ten. I see the one ten immediately. So in other words, it's it's not like um, there may be a dare a dare to lag, but I know exactly on that same day I purchased how much that uh, that transaction cost me with the exchange rate already kind of accounted for in there. So it's mm-hmm. it's a it's a nice way of of accounting your expenses on the trip. And also, the, especially overseas, I have come across quite a bit on fraud. Now, um, they're getting better, I guess, with their, they have a kind of a chip base, a chip and pin is what they use in, in, in Europe quite a bit, versus here it's this chip and sign. Uh, but early on in my travel, when I first started traveling, I, I had fraud activity within the first two trips I took. I, I had to get a new card. And this goes back to the whole beauty of, of having a debit card and a credit card. With a debit card, that's your money, right? Mm-hmm. So even though it can, it can get, it can get replaced, it takes time to have that, depending how severe it is. It's just such a hassle. With a credit card, it's taken care of. It's not my money. They'll, re- they'll, they'll replace it and they'll get the fee taken care of. So it's, 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 that's, that's a peace of mind, really, of having that. And also, another, another part with uh, travel, these cards, especially these paid uh, premium cards, they have additional perks in terms of insurance. So you have travel insurance, you have trip cancellation insurance, you have baggage, like lost baggage. I had, uh, I was in, in Amsterdam uh, for a trip. Our bags got got lost. Uh, there was a delay, and it took about two days to get back to us. But they they gave us uh, uh, funds to purchase toiletries and 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 jackets because it was cold over there at the time, and so fully covered with with a credit card um, at their expense. So there's additional kind of those insurances that that come with the credit cards, and also with the reserve um, when I use with a, a rental car, for example, a lot of times they want to push the insurance products to help kind of cover the car. And then you have your, your insurance as secondary uh, with, with or I'm sorry, you, you have your, your personal insurance as primary and a credit card secondary with the reserve. It's actually primary insurance. So I don't have to get my secondary or, or my personal insurance involved. There is a car accident for any reason. So that's some perks you get from a credit card that you don't get from a debit card. Mm-hmm. And also traveling overseas, uh, you see the, in the airports, the little uh, cash exchange exchange stations for mm-hmm. getting local currency, which they have a pretty pretty heavy fee associated with. If if you are one of the people that like to travel with cash, which I don't think is ever a good idea internationally, mm-hmm. it makes you a target. But mm-hmm. I, I think they they hit you pretty heavy with a, an exchange rate mm-hmm. fee on some of those, don't they? Yeah, that they, they do. I so whenever I travel, I I take as little cash as possible. I take in, in, in places where I know that cash may be requirement, so it's like small shops. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll carry cash for that, but generally, um, I, I go to the very minimum in terms of cash and use my credit card for everything that, that I, I bought overseas. Yeah. Well, if, if you wanted to actually, um, your bank, like for example, Bank of America, I normally just go directly to them like a week or two before I leave and then I get that, um, that currency. Because we always want to okay. just travel a little bit with I, it's not much at all, it might be like a hundred bucks, but I just get that currency uh, from them, and the fees like very minimal, if not at all. 
you know, and they'll just give you that, yeah. um, that, um, that amount of money that you're looking for. And it takes like a few days and then you'll, they'll tell you, Hey, do you want us to deliver it to your house or do you want to pick it up at your local branch? Yeah. And you know, that's another good point. So I do that same thing as well. And even as an employee, um, I do get a discount on my transaction uh, on my, my, my foreign currency exchange, uh, than just someone who's a, a customer that goes to the bank to get that the currency. And even then my credit card still has, because a credit card isn't isn't charging me an exchange rate. In other words, if it's if the exchange rate is ten cents uh, more for each dollar, I pay ten cents. Versus with the bank, I might pay twelve cents for that same amount of money. So there's always a little buffer um, when you get cash from banks, which is not that it's a lot of money, but still it's just something to consider that when you use a credit card, you don't have that buffer. You're you're paying whatever the exchange rate is at the market at that time that purchase was made. Okay. So now, for for people that are listening that maybe don't aren't or aren't comfortable with signing up for a Chase Sapphire and American American Express Platinum that have five or four or five hundred dollar um, fees associated with them, for first time uh, people that are starting to sign up for credit cards, uh, are there any recommendations as far as a, a free credit card that you would recommend? Well, I mean it. So I, again, Chase, Chase guy, right? In terms of, I've, I've had my account with him for, for quite some time. So, um, I'm more familiar with the, with like the Chase Freedom, uh, Unlimited. I think they actually had a new update that gives them, it's a free card. You get, um, you can, you can pick certain categories each quarter. So I think right now, for example, with like PayPal and, um, might be grocery stores are like 5% and, and they give you 5% cash back on, on those purchases up to like $2,000 a month in spending. But, I'd say that's probably a good thing. Like if it's your, if it's your first time coming out with a credit card, I wouldn't say go out there and immediately go for the fee-based cards, right? Unless you feel comfortable and you know that you're going to get the value out of it. I'd, I'd go with a free card first. Uh, find a card that gives you that gives points based on your spending. Um, something that may be more towards just everyday purchases at 1.5%. That that works out good. Some may offer more for, for, um, for fuel expenses or, or gas expenses, whatever it is. I'd say find that first, find that card that kind of fits your, your spending habits. That's free. And then um, what I would say is if, if, you're, if your idea of getting a credit card and then having a balance on that credit card and paying interest, this, this doesn't work, right? Like Terrible. if you're going to pay, what, yeah. What are the interest rates on credit cards right now? Oh God, I, I mean, I've seen 19%, 22%, 30%, just really kind of, they're kind of all, uh, like all over the place. Yeah, yeah so if, yeah, so if, if you want to, do this and then want to keep a balance, this doesn't work out, right? This, this, this only works out when you're going to get the credit card, use it for your expenses and pay it off each month in full, right? Because the moment you start paying interest, it you you're not going to receive all the yeah. benefits. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because I mean, it's it literally, I mean, it's about pennies in terms of transactions for, for, I mean, of which you get rewards per dollar. So even just, you know, 20, 30 bucks in interest in a month, it just wipes right, I mean, right out. So, and, and that can, that can bury you pretty quick at 25, 30%. That, that adds up. Yeah. Fast. Yeah. Yeah. So for business owners, I mean, what are some of the mistakes that you're seeing, um, you know, small business owners, dentists included, uh, making when it comes to usage of credit cards and how to, how they're not optimizing the most they can possibly get from them? So I think the first thing I've seen primarily, and this goes, it's primarily for, you know, for small businesses, is really keeping the balances. They use credit cards as a way to um, invest in their business, which is, which is good, right? But when you're paying 30% interest, 
on, on a credit card to, to buy that, that machine or whatever it is, you're not, I mean, it just becomes very expensive. That, that machine's at the price of you pay for the machine now increases quite a bit. So what I would re- recommend in that case is look for, look towards, um, a debt instrument that's more like an installment loan. So today there's a lot of business, small business loans that offer uh, competitive rates like eight, nine percent interest rate over instead of 30 percent interest rates on a credit card and use that to instead fund the, the business to help invest in the business and, and buy some equipment. So I would never recommend using a credit card to to purchase equipment if you know that you're going to keep it as a monthly payment on that, that item. Something I've heard that uh, I've never gotten a, a good answer on was uh, a, a points card that for rewards versus uh, percent cash back is say you get 2% cash back. Is that cash back amount? Does the IRS look at that as taxable income versus points are basically tax free? You can do whatever you want with points. Yeah. So not a CPA, we'll put that out there real quick, but the research I've done, um, cause, cause that's the question I had. It's like, cause I've never gotten a 1099 for any of this stuff. And I kind of, now for businesses, maybe a little bit different. I think that's where you might want to go to CPA and see how they kind of treat that. But from a personal standpoint, um, the way credit cards kind of, um, do this is in form of rebates and rebates are considered a kind of rebate on a purchase and not necessarily a, a cash return. And, and I think that's the difference in how it's not and why it's not being taxed. So, okay. you know, yeah, I think that that's, that's that's the biggest. And then also, I mean, these, these programs are really steered in a way so that you're not getting a check in the mail. It's more usually like a statement credit. Right. Usually it's kind of how they go around that as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Dr. Dennis, do you have anything before we wrap it up here? Uh, no, I, I mean, that was very informative. I'm, uh, do you, do you guys, so you use a credit card, Dr. Dennis, you said you've never, you haven't used a debit card for a while. Like God knows how long. Yeah, six, right. seven years. You're right. And how many yeah. credit cards, uh, Adrian, do you think is normal versus how many do you think it's excessive? Like, you know, for me, I have one, right? Because, again, I yeah. <laughs> really – and I it, it, my limit, I think, is like $3,000 on there, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so you know, how many do you think is too much and versus how many do you think is, you know, uh, too little? And I think one is probably too little, but – you know, there's not really a, a good number I can really give. Okay. I, I, I guess if you're using the cards and you're making payments on them, it's fine. I mean, I, I have three personally, and I have, you know, my travel card. I have my, my everyday card that I use for things that's not travel or food related. And then I have another card I've had since I was, you know, 18. So I, I think anything under five would be fine. Okay. Um, you know, <laughs> he's like, sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think you also have to consider, like, what are the credit cards for? Right. So, yeah. Like, yeah. if you have a business, then you should have a business credit card. Right. Yeah. If you if you own ten businesses, then you're probably going to have ten separate business credit, credit cards. cards for each entity. Okay. And what about those uh, airline um, credit cards? Would you recommend them at all? So because you get well, some you good know, perks for them, but you're saying now that you have these credit cards that allow you to get those line, I mean, those flights and and points anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think it all depends. Um, I know that you know for here in Houston, United obviously the, the biggest kind of airline we have. And so I looked at United and there, there's certain perks, right? So there's a, they have their presence club card that you get lounge access to all of their um, lounges here in, in Houston. So if you travel within the U S it's, it's a great car to have. If you go and you do a bunch of layovers. Um, I think the reason why I don't 
I don't go that route is because um, it's very, it's limited to United Airlines, right? I, I lose the flexibility, um, but there's benefits. I mean, you get free bags, you get uh, priority boarding and, and you're, and, and you get the, um, you get miles for each, each, uh, each purchase you make. But most of those are geared towards purchases to United Airlines as opposed to using for, you know, if you go buy groceries, you get one point per dollar, but you buy a ticket for United Airlines, you get three points per dollar. So it just depends. I mean, if, if you're someone who, who, who flies United quite a bit and you're mm-hmm. constantly um, going out and, and buying tickets from them directly, then yeah, it's a great card. But if you're not, you know, it's not as, uh, as flexible. So I, I have four business credit cards, four personal credit cards uh, that I kind of rotate through everything to the credit cards will hit different times. Like right now, American Express is offering um, for every thousand dollars you spend, you get 500 Delta miles, which that bumps you up in status. So anytime I fly, there's a good chance that I'm going to get upgraded to either the extra legroom seating or recently because of the pandemic and they're not, not as many people were flying bumps you up to a free first class ticket, which I mean, one, one time you get bumped to first class basically pays that $500 uh, American express fee per year. Mm-hmm. So if you are tra- traveling a lot um, different credit cards that are through the airlines, that definitely helps out uh, as far as status. So um yeah, they're, they're constantly changing. It seems they're uh, whatever perks or categories to spend money in. But if you add everything up for a $500 yearly fee, uh, what would you say the value out of some of your credit cards? What, what value are you getting out of that $500 that you're spending? So if I were to account for the three dollar bonus I get back each each year. It's just it's automatic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, all the transaction fees and all the points. For me, I probably get right around maybe a thousand to twelve hundred dollars a year, and that that's just me as a personal expense, right? So I'm right. not spending tons of money, but obviously, if you spend more, then you're gonna get a lot more. But for me, it's about two hundred bucks a year is what I get um, in terms of value for my points. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm seeing that something similar. Uh, with obviously with the business, uh, running a dental office, I have a lot of expenses, but I figure for the 550, I think American Express just bumped it up to 595 a year for, for their platinum cards. But I think for that roughly $600 I'm spending in a, for a fee for the year, I'm getting anywhere from 2000 to $3,000, yeah. um, a year value out of the card through all the different perks, whether it's, Uber Eats credits, um, you know the the two hundred dollar annual credit, lounge access, getting bumped, um, better seats on the airplane, uh, along with all the other stuff that you can sign up with with them. So now I I agree completely with you. Take advantage of what the credit card companies are offering because it, it's definitely worth the fee if you're going to spend that money anyway. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you, guys. I uh, really appreciate it. I'm going to go buy like 50 credit cards now. <laughs> just to, just, I just want to outdo Kyle. I really, that's, <laughs> I just want to say that I have like more than Kyle does. But, but, but before we, uh, before we go, uh, since you, well, you just mentioned that yeah. signing up for, for several, mm-hmm. what would you recommend for, uh, Adrian, what would you recommend for people? Cause if you sign up for too many credit cards, uh, at oh, one yeah. time, that, your that credit. does hurt your credit score, correct? Yeah, it, it can because I mean they're all inquiries, 
and also um, with credit cards, like I know most companies, um, there is a time with with all these kind of like client bonuses, people were taking advantage and opening three or four credit cards and then closing them out after a year just for the bonuses. And then so now they have certain limits around if you get more than five cards in two years, they start declining you. But for credit purposes, yeah, every time you apply for credit, it's a new inquiry. And that does have a slight impact, not, nothing major. It's not like you're you know, going to go purchase a home or anything like that, but you will have a small, small ding on the credit. Okay. So don't sign up for too many, Walt. Yeah. <laughs> but it goes my idea. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, Adrian, thank you so much for taking time to come and uh, just, you know, educate us on the whole credit card game and uh, just how to best utilize. Uh, actually, just honestly, what it, what it comes down to is how do we get free money? And I'm big on right. that. You know what I mean? So thank you very much for coming through to talk to us about how to get free money. Yes, thank Bob. you. My pleasure. All right, guys. Enjoy your day. Right. I appreciate you. All right. See ya. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to Tooth Be Told. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at realdentist with an S at gmail.com. That's realdentist, R E A L, dentist with an S at gmail.com. Remember, the opinions on this podcast are just that our professional opinions. The final decision about your health should be made by you and a trusted dental professional.